Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of Friday Fire. Oh my God, I can't believe it's Friday already. This week has just absolutely flown by. Um, it's not actually Friday, it's Thursday evening. Uh, I went to all the trouble of putting a recording studio in my house and then I decided it was such a nice evening I was going to sit on the back porch and uh, and record tonight's show with uh, with a lapel mic. So I hope that the, uh, the sound quality is studio worthy. Um, but yeah, I've got a studio at my house now so I can uh, do even more media stuff. Um, anyway, for those of you just discovering the show, my name is Sam. I'm the small business surgeon and on Mondays, we have a uh, interviews with people from around the business world we've got CEOs we've got authors we've got all kinds of cool and interesting people coming up and this Monday we've actually got an interview with uh, with James Golden of Pavement Management Group and that was uh, that's one of the most in-depth business interviews I've done in a while uh, a lot of the times we get onto uh, we get onto personal stuff and uh, and this one stayed very very businessy there's, there's a lot of great information in that one so be sure and catch Monday's interview with uh, with James Golden and then on Wednesdays, for long-term listeners of the show, you'll remember we had a segment called Sam and Kyle See What's Up, where uh, my production assistant and business partner, Kyle, and I would go through newspaper articles, uh, things we found on the internet, and uh, just make fun of people generally. Well, you know, unfortunately, Kyle, well, fortunately for him, actually, it's probably a good move for him, um, but Kyle took a position at another company in-house, helping them with their graphic design, and uh, a significant, uh, significant raise and a significant move up for him. So congratulations to Kyle but unfortunately that means he doesn't do the podcast with me anymore so what we have got um, I've been juggling with this for a few weeks I really wanted to get the format right before I bought the midweek show back um, but starting on uh, Monday evening Brian Lewis of uh, Apex fame is going to be coming on with us and Lee Cross a, uh, a up-and-coming comedian from the Bryan College Station area. So Monday evenings, we're gonna record it every Monday, and then every Wednesday, it'll air for you guys after uh, after Danny. Hey, shout out to Dan on the edit team, by the way. Thank you for all your amazing work, my dear. Um, I hope you're doing well. Dan has just graduated from A&M, and she's working for us remotely now. She moved back up to, uh, to Dallas. So shout out to Dan. Um, <coughs> She'll get that edited for us and turn around and we'll have a, uh, a Wednesday show where we do the same thing. We basically bounce around the internet for a little bit and uh, find some interesting articles. But this time we'll be discussing them with me, the uh, salty Brit, and a uh, New York real estate mogul and uh, an up-and-coming local comedian that's, uh, that's pretty well set on the, uh, on the local comedy circuit. So hopefully it'll give you guys a little bit more content and a little bit more value. And uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today because on Friday Fires, you know, I just kind of monologue for you guys and uh, give you some shit to hopefully inspire you and get you through the weekend. And I want to talk for a minute about what has happened in my business since this pivot and uh, how adding value to clients has really helped me to open up what becoming a consultant looks like. Because I teach you guys a lot of stuff, 
But the Friday fires, I try to make lessons from things that I'm going through or I'm experiencing or my clients are experiencing. And more generally, it's my clients because my ship has been pretty fucking stable for the last few years. I've, uh, you know, I've, I've done well. And uh, even COVID aside, um, you know, it's, it's not been a bad ride being me. And with the pivot, um, there's still there's still business there, but it's made me, wow, this is, it, it, it's not, um, unstable's the wrong word. It's not how it used to be, so it's uncomfortable. I'm moving outside of my comfort zone and in such a way that it's forcing me to think my way through problems that I never had before, which is, it, it's crazy, because my, my, let's take my business model for, for media, which is what I've, uh, what I've transitioned into now. So uh, yeah, we still have the real estate company, we still own Living College Station, and we still sell houses. But the, the, the more houses I sell, the more passionate I get about doing other things. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to frame it or not. But, you know, for those of you that have any time in real estate, you do hit this, this period in your career where you're like, you know what? Selling houses is, is, is all right, but boy, it's not as much fun as doing other stuff. And for me, I got hooked on the drug of creating media and bringing impact and value to business owners in a way that, you know, you can't really do as a real estate agent. And, and, and you know, there's 1,500 real estate agents in my market, and I consider myself firmly in the top 5% of that. Um, but, you know, that means that there's 75 other people that can do my job just as well as me that I can refer business out to and that, that you know, if, if I don't really want to work with you, hey, go and see Dave, he's gonna do just as good a job as me. There's 75 other realtors as good as me and I wanted to be in a niche where I was a market of fucking one. Like there's me or there's nobody. And so how do you get to that point? And what I've done over the last few weeks is really dive into how I can take what I create, which is media, and turn that into a valuable long-term solution for a business so that I can make consistent money as a consultant. And if you can hear cars going by, I am on my back porch tonight, you might hear some birds. It's absolutely beautiful out here. It's been scorching the last few days, and we've been hiding in the house, and now the weather's almost perfect this evening. So uh, you can deal with the background noise, guys. You know I love you, I just, I really wanna sit on the back porch. So moving into what I've done. How do I add value as a media company? What's the biggest problem with media? What's the biggest need for my clients? The biggest problem with media that I wanted to address when I started to pivot to consulting is that media is finite. It has an immediate shelf life. The minute you release a video, it's old it's old to your core audience. Now that video may get seen over the period of months and months and months by a new audience, but most of your audience members are only gonna watch whatever content you put out once, maybe twice. They might watch it, they might share it, they might repost it, but they're not gonna come back to it again and again. So when, like my, my company is relatively inexpensive to get media done, we're still, validating ourselves in a very competitive industry. And you know, when you look at a $25,000 or $30,000 tab for getting a video made, a lot of you guys you forget the amount of work that actually goes into crafting a proper video from the pre-production work to the planning work to the messaging work to the actual days of shooting and then days of editing. It takes a lot of work to put those videos together. So 
I'm charging 25, I'm charging 30 grand, and I'm handing a customer, here's the problem, I'm handing a, a customer a product that immediately starts decaying in life cycle, and they don't know what to do with. Most traditional media companies hand you a video and say, thanks very much, there you go. And well, for 25 or 30 grand, that doesn't strike me as doing the business owner any good. Okay, they get a pretty video, they look real good, they look real nice, they maybe got a few commercial edits out of that video and they run some marketing campaigns. But how much fucking money does it actually make them? You pay me 30 grand, how much money comes back out of that? Eh, I don't know. It makes you look good, it validates you, but like instant sales, probably not. This is, this is like media is something that needs to be fed over time, it needs to be constant content. And what I would advise in the past was, look, you only need a cell phone and you can do 97% of your stuff. But they still didn't know what to do with it. They weren't following through with it because I was trying to sell a $30,000 product twice a year and then have them fill in the blanks with the constant content. And man, I just kept going over and over in my head. How do I add more value to the clients? The problem is they don't want one video. What's the real problem my clients have? What are they really trying to do here? We know they want more money. We know they want to generate more business. We know they want to generate more leads, but dig a little bit deeper. The type of clients that are using my services and that are coming in and putting together videos for their business, they want to be recognized. They want to be respected. They want to be renowned in their marketplace. And they want to be known and liked and trusted and seen as a hub of information that's almost infallible in their specific skill set. They want to be respected like that in their own marketplace. And it got me to thinking, the only way to achieve that is by having constant video content. And the only way to have constant video content that's actually effective is to have a distribution platform that is set up and operated in such a way that the person producing the content hands it to the people that know exactly where it goes. And so my mind went to outsourcing a course. And how many of you have outsourced? You can put your hand up, it's okay. Number one, I can't fucking see. And number two, I know half of you won't put your hand up because you tried outsourcing and it was a complete and utter fucking disaster. I have tried and tried and tried and tried outsourcers. I keep thinking it's going to work. They work exceptionally well for basic repetitive tasks, such as content distribution, but they don't work well for content creation. It's very difficult to show up on site one day, shoot a bunch of content, give it to outsourcers, and expect them to produce three months of social media assets out of it. It's impossible. There's companies that will sell that service, but I'm gonna give you a little secret, lads. What they're doing is putting a white label on it, and then they're giving these lads over in India a call and saying, oi, Patel, mate, need you to edit this shit, I'll give you four bucks an hour, make it look good. And so poor old Patel over in India, whose name is actually Neville, because he says, hello, my name's Neville, and you're like, no, it's not, and what's your real name, mate? So poor old Patel over there, he's slaving away for $4 an hour, he doesn't give a fuck about your video. He's just got 17 more of them to crank out before he goes home. 
right? So that's not going to work for constant content for my clients. So what the fuck is, how do I get my clients success in media like I've had? And then it fucking hit me. In-house media teams for the client that I consult with and that my team coaches. I'm like, that makes so much sense. Because to get us out on site, and we're out there shooting two days and we've one day of pre-production you know, at the office and we've two or three days of editing at the office and shit and then we've all the post work that goes, to get us on there, you know, 20, 25, 30 grand, depending on the style of video you want, depending on the complexity of it, depending on the number of people we have to get involved, you know? And I started thinking, look, why couldn't we go out for 35 or 40 grand and take a dedicated team of coaches with us and coach and set up media teams for these people anyway? Because we spend the time doing the pre-production so why don't we spend the time doing the pre-production in person and pulling the stories out of these people? Why don't I go find a fucking specialist that has 20 years in front of the camera and go bring a specialist with me that can teach people how to tell their stories? You know? Why don't I teach these people the techniques I use on podcasts to interview guests so that they can get on camera and interview guests and they can make this content for themselves. Why don't I take my technical team? Why don't I take Tex and Dan out on site and educate my clients with the standard operating procedures that we've already built? And then I felt like a complete fucking idiot because I'm over here trying to sell videos for 25 grand a pop when really what I should be doing is selling consulting and coaching for business owners to build their own in-house media teams. We show up, we work with you, we workshop with you. Me and a yet to be discovered consultant workshop the storyboard side and we workshop the camera skills side. Tex and Dan workshop the fucking operations side. They show the guys how to use the cameras. They help them with basic editing techniques. And then we pull on full back-end support, video it all build out a class, build out a forum, Q&As, Zoom calls, the lot. It makes so much more sense to sell my clients a long-term solution that benefits their business over and over and over than it does to just try and sell them a video. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is how I thought my way through that problem and how I decided what the pivot should be and how I figured out where my niche is as the small business surgeon. Because I can coach on whatever aspects of business you want. But if I want to be in a market of one, if I want to be in an economy of one, if I want there to be no doubt in my client's mind that they've got the right guy for the job, what do I need to coach? Well, the answer's staring me in the face. It's setting these guys up with the entire video package they would have bought from us anyway and the operating procedures and the training to keep coming up with consistent content week in week out without paying to fly a team out there we literally train their staff on our procedures they follow our programs they follow our distribution network and they come out of it at the end of the day with a full catalog of videos 
and the staff there to edit the videos and to keep that content flowing out. So that, you know, you've got to pivot sometimes, but you can't just pivot to the next big thing. You know, far too many of us skip from this shit to that shit to this shit. One minute, yeah, selling real estate. The next minute you're selling insurance. 45 minutes later, because nobody likes fucking insurance, do they? Uh, with apologies to Brian McKittrick, because we all love you. However, nobody likes the insurance, man. You've got to go see him because you have to have insurance. Well, selling insurance is a bit shit. I'm going to go sell roofs. And then the next thing you know, hailstorms passed. You've sold all the roofs you're going to sell, and you decide to go sell cars. And I just wanted to let you know that sometimes when you have to pivot, it's better to keep your one foot on the spot and go vertical and build depth in what you do and look at what you're making and look at what you're creating and ask is this the best way possible for me to serve my clients is this going to get my clients the results they want and is this going to bring the most overall benefit to my clients businesses and i wish that i had asked myself that six months ago because we do such a great job with video. Every single client we give video to becomes a repeat customer. They fucking love it. But am I serving my clients best by giving them super high quality showreels once every six months? Or am I serving my clients best and setting them up for success by giving them one super high quality showreel and leaving them with a team that can emulate that over and over and over, week in, week out, and provide the content they need to fulfill those needs that we talked about. The need to be respected, the need to be at the top of their game in their marketplace, the need to be the industry expert, the need to be known, liked, and trusted. And now I can do that for my clients. My question to you is, can you do that for yours? Are you doing every single thing you can in your business to serve your clients and to help them grow? Or are you selling them something and then leaving them with the product in their hands and no idea how to use it? All right, that's it from me. That was not a 20-minute sales pitch, I assure you. Um, man, I've, I've, I've pitched this twice and got two yeses, and so... Um, I'm not gonna pitch it anymore until I fulfill the first two because uh, I've got a lot of moving parts to figure out and a lot of things to put in place. But um, you'll be good, you'll stay safe, and you'll ask yourselves, am I doing every single thing I can to serve my clients in the best and most profitable way for them? All right, that's it, I'm out of here. You'll have a wonderful weekend. Be sure and tune in on Monday. We got James Golden coming and uh, dropping all kinds of knowledge bombs. And uh, like always, be good and stay safe. And I'll see you all soon. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. 
share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.